प्रसन्नो मित्रशंवरुण सन्नो भवत्मांद्रो बृहस्पति सन्नो विष्णुक्रम नमो ब्रह्मणे नमस्ते वायो प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्मसी प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्म वदिष्यातम वदिष्यात्यम वदिष्यामवतु तद्वक्तावतु अवतु वक्ता सहनावतो सहनो भुन सह वीकवाहै तेजस्वीतम विद्वेषा वै
ದಕ್ಷಿಣಾಮೂರ್ತ ಅಖಂಡ ಸಚ್ಚಿದನಂದ ಅಖಂಡ ಸಚ್ಚಿ ಅವಾಂಗೋಚರ ಆತ್ಮಖಿಲಾಧಾರ ಆತ್ಮಖಿಲಾಧಾರ ಆಶ್ರಯೇಷ್ಟಸಿಧ್ಯೇಷ್ಟಸಿಧ್ಯೇಷ್ಟಸಿಧ್ಯೇಷ್ಟಸಿಧ್ಯೇಷ್ಟ
the characteristics of something that is not real. We find that the creation is unreal. And therefore, it is of the nature of delusion or brahma, superimposition, which cannot be there unless there is ignorance. So what we experience is not ignorance. What we experience is the product of ignorance. What we experience is a snake. What we experience is the creation. What we experience is a sense of individuality, a sense of limitation. That also is comparable to a snake. That ego that we experience is comparable to the snake. It is not really there. If you really want to analyze what is the nature of this ego, what it is? Is it, is it something that is real? Is it there? You cannot say that it is real or it is there, because had it been there, it should always be there. But when the knowledge takes place, ego no remains. And do say that the ego is not there, I cannot say that it is not there either, because I very much experience it right now. So what we call ego, or the sense of individuality, or the jiva, chidabhasa, all of that is also false, is also comparable to the snake. It has the same degree of reality as the snake. And therefore, all the problems and difficulties born out of ego also have the same degree of reality as the ego. So samsara is born of ego. If ego is unreal, samsara also is unreal, or all the problems, or particularly sadness, the grief, sadness, everything that is born of ego, all of that also is of the same degree of reality as the ego, meaning it is unreal, it is false, it is not really there, even though it appears to be there. <coughs> Thus, actually, we arrive at the ignorance based on the effect or the product of the ignorance which we experience or which we perceive. So we say that there is ignorance of the rope because we perceive the snake. And so also we say that there is ignorance of the self because we perceive the ego. There is ignorance of Brahma because we perceive creation. And therefore, we arrive at ignorance and cause has the same qualities as the effect has or the effect has the same same attributes as the cause. The effect has the same qualities as the cause. Karye karnasya gunanavrutti. In the effect always the qualities of the cause flow into the effect. Effect exhibits the same qualities as the cause. And therefore, here we infer the nature of the cause from the effect. Ignorance, we say, also is indefinable. Why do we say that? Because product of ignorance, which is that ego, or product of ignorance, which is this creation, product of ignorance, which is samsara, cannot be defined. Really, you cannot define anything in this world. Can you define something called happiness? Can you define what is unhappiness? Can you define what is mine? Can you define what is yours? Can you define what is good, what is bad, what is right, what is wrong? These cannot be defined. These are merely standpoints. A thing is good from a given standpoint, bad from another standpoint, right from one standpoint, wrong from another standpoint. It is mine from a given standpoint, not mine from another standpoint. 
This body, is it I? I, from a given standpoint, not I, from another standpoint. Thus, everything in the creation that you take only lends itself to a relative definition or a standpoint, but nothing lends itself to what we call an absolute definition. A thing looks different from different standpoints. It doesn't look the same. Everything looks different from different standpoints. You look at it from one standpoint, looks good. From the standpoint, bad. The thing is, there is a gain from one standpoint, loss from another standpoint. And what is loss from one standpoint is gain from another standpoint. There is no absolute loss, no absolute gain. No absolute good, no absolute bad. No absolute right, no absolute wrong. Thus, what is here, what is there, what is inside, what is outside, what is heat, what is cold, what is honor, what is dishonor, what is pleasure, what is pain, all of these are merely standpoints. There is no absolute pain, no absolute pleasure, no absolute honor, no absolute dishonor. Understand this. Therefore, when we brand a given experience as pleasant experience, we understand that it is our standpoint. At that point, at, from that state, frame of mind, that very same experience may be branded by us as unpleasant from a different frame of mind or a different standpoint. And our life is based on our conclusions, but then our conclusions are all based on things which just really cannot be defined. That's why we say, Anirvachaniyam. Nothing in the world can really be said to be such and such. There is nothing absolute in this world. Everything is relative. Everything is a standpoint. That means that nothing can be defined. And what cannot be defined is not there. At least it is not real. What can be defined, whatever remains the same, that alone is real. And what keeps changing, what is subject to standpoint, which is relative, is not really there. So whenever you feel bad, or sad, or unhappy, ask yourself, what is unhappiness? What is sadness? What is badness? You'll find that it is merely a standpoint. Your mind, the fanciful mind, at a given point in time, judges a given thing as bad, and feels bad. The same fanciful mind judges another thing as good, and feels good about it. The fanciful mind judges a given thing as dishonor and just feels bad. The same mind judges something else as honor and feels elated. All of these merely are projections of the mind. Various judgments or conclusions are nothing but the projections of the mind. There is no such thing in the world as absolute honor or absolute dishonor or absolute good or absolute bad. <coughs> it is true that for the sake of Vyavahara, for the sake of a certain order in life, that we have defined a given thing as good and bad. For the sake of order in life, for the sake of organization, it is necessary to call certain things as right and other things as wrong. So we arbitrarily decide that you should driving on the right is right and driving on the left is wrong. When you go to India, driving on the left is right and driving on the right is wrong. Because all of these are arbitrary things. <clears throat> so, 
everything in the world is a standpoint. And we have to accept these standpoints in order to conduct our vyavahara or our, our transactions. For the purpose of transaction and for the purpose of practical destiny, we have to say that this is mine and this is yours, that vyavastha or order is necessary. Otherwise, I'll enter any cabin. Say, oh, this is, you know, no cabin is mine and no cabin is yours, so I can go enter any place. No shoes are mine and no shoes are yours, so I'll wear any shoes. In order that this confusion does not happen, we temporarily accept that this is mine, this is yours. This is called vyavastha. A certain structure or a certain order which we accept in order for, uh, you know, a certain order in our life to, uh, to prevent the chaos from being created. But we should know that all of these designations, all of these conclusions, or all of these ideas are only relative, they are only standpoints. That is why it is called anirvachinim. Everything in the world. The scientists say that whether it's a mass or whether it is energy or what it is, is a standpoint. Whether to call a thing a mass or whether to call it energy is also a standpoint. Whether to call a given phenomenon a wave or whether to call it a particle also is a standpoint. Because everything seems to exhibit contradictory characteristics depending on how you look at it. And more and more we understand it, less and less we will be hurt in our life. And less and less we will be upset. Knowing that what makes us upset is also our own fancy, our own conclusion. So, anirvachaniyam, this whole life, the whole creation, everything is anirvachaniyam. Anirvachaniyam means that which cannot be defined, that which cannot be said to be such and such. <coughs> So we say that the cause, namely ignorance, of from which all of this is born, also is anirvachaniyam. That also cannot be defined. <coughs> then further it says, trigunatmakam. So what's the nature of ignorance? Trigunatmakam. Of the nature of three gunas. This word guna, we are familiar with elsewhere, in Bhagavad Gita, in, in, in the in Vedanta, as well as in Sankhya. The gunas are three, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. So this is another way of looking at the creation. You may say that it is made up of five elements, or you may say that the whole creation is made up of three gunas, three qualities, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. What is Sattva? Sattva is balance. Tranquility. What is Rajas? Rajas is activity. And what is Tamas? Tamas is dullness. That's all. Everything in the creation is made up of these three. Tranquility, activity and dullness. The whole universe is nothing but a combination of these three. <clears throat> Look at our mind. Sometimes it is tranquil. Sometimes it is active and restless, sometimes it is dull. And therefore, our mind also consists of, is made up of these three qualities. Look at this world. There are certain things which are always active, like the wind is always blowing, the water is always flowing, all that exhibits rajas activity. 
the mountains are standing there motionless, exhibit a lot of tamas. The sun is shining, that exhibits what we call sattva. Somewhere we experience tranquility, peace, sattva prevails. Somewhere we experience a lot of activity. Like you go to a, a park, perhaps, you may experience some tranquility. In a place like New York City, you'll find all of them. Go to a, a nice spot or corner in, in Central Park. I don't know whether any spot is left there which is tranquil now, but you may find some tranquility or quieter. Go to Times Square, a lot of activity. Yes. Or go to a business center. You yourself feel that effect. And go to some other places, tamas, total dullness, sleep, lethargy. So this, this is it. The whole of our experience can be uh, can be uh, comprising of, or can we say to comprise of, these three qualities. So the whole universe can also be looked upon as made up of these three qualities, sattva, rajas, our own personality also. The body essentially tamas. The mind exhibits both all sattva, rajas and tamas. <coughs> the organs of perception, the role, the, whose role is to gain knowledge, sattva. Organs of action, whose role is activity, rajas. This body, essentially inert, tamas. So mind and sense organs, sattva. The prana, the life activities and the organs of action, rajas. The body, tamas. So sattva, rajas and tamas. Of these three, the whole universe is made and inasmuch as the ego also is like that. Sometimes the ego is sattvic, tranquil. Sometimes it is rajas, active. Sometimes it is tamas, dull. So everything that we experience can be categorized as made up of these three qualities, sattva, rajas and tamas. And therefore we say that ignorance from which all of this is born also is of the nature of sattva, rajas and tamas. <coughs> Then the question is, this ignorance which is beginningless, also it should be said, has not been said here specifically, but ignorance is what? Beginningless. Ignorance is no beginning. Ignorance is. So ignorance is beginningless. And it has resulted into this whole universe and this whole samsara. So is there any way of dispelling this ignorance? Therefore, here it is said, Jnana Virodhi. Jnanam Virodhi Yasya Tadjnana Virodhi. Ignorance is that which is removed or eliminated by knowledge. This ignorance that we are talking about, even though it is beginningless, there is no date when the ignorance begins. You know, when you ask a boy, the tenth man, who is searching for the tenth man, when did he come to know that the tenth man is lost? Or when, was, when did the ignorance of the tenth man come in? We say that the ignorance of the tenth man always was. Ignorance is no beginning. 
When did you, when was the time when you did not know the Chinese language? I never knew it, meaning that ignorance of my Chinese language has always been there. Any ignorance has always been there, like darkness. When the light comes, then the darkness is dispelled. And similarly also, when the noise comes, the ignorance is dispelled. So the ignorance that we are talking about, it is necessary to say this is Jnana Virodhi. Meaning ignorance is that which is dispelled by knowledge. The need to say this is that it is subject to despairing. That ignorance can be dispelled. <coughs> it's not that we are stuck with it. Even though it is beginningless, it is not endless. Usually we would understand that that which has no beginning also would not have an end. Ignorance, even though it does not have a beginning, it definitely has an end. Samsara has no beginning, but it definitely has an end. And when does it end? When the knowledge takes place. So knowledge is comparable to light. Just as light dispels darkness, so also knowledge dispels ignorance. Therefore, this ignorance is said to be Jnana Virodhi. That which is knowledge, as, uh, that knowledge is that which is opposed to ignorance. So ignorance is that of which the opposite is knowledge, meaning that which can be dispelled by knowledge. <clears throat> then, next, next expression explaining this Ajnana is Bhava-rupam. Bhava means, Bhava-rupam means that which is a positive. This ignorance is like a positive entity. And this, this expression Bhava-rupam the translation here is that which is uh, something positive. It is not negative. You see, agnyanam. A is a particle which say which is in the sense of negative. So agnyanam is explained by other thinkers as Gnana abhava, meaning Gnana abhava, absence of knowledge. So ignorance is explained by other thinkers as absence of knowledge. Vedantin says that ignorance is not absence of knowledge, but it is some kind of a positive thing. It is not merely absence. It is not merely non-existence or absence, but it is some kind of a positive entity. <coughs> Bhavarupam. Why is it Bhavarupam? Because it has given rise to this whole creation, which also has some kind of an existence. Something cannot come out from nothing. When the ego and the whole creation has come out from something, has come out from ignorance. And inasmuch as there is some kind of an existence that this universe enjoys, therefore, Ignorance also is not a negative entity. Ignorance also is that which has some kind of a positive existence. Some kind of a positive existence. <coughs> Bhavarupam. From, from nothing, something cannot come out. And so the ego is a product of ignorance. This world is a product of ignorance. All the pleasure and pain, all of are products of ignorance. Inasmuch as all of them are felt positively, the world is experienced positively. The ego is experienced positively. Pleasure and pain are experienced positively. 
Therefore, the cause from which all these are created, namely ignorance also, is a positive entity. Positive means, by positive we do not mean a real entity, but that which is different from the absence. That which is different from absence, it is some kind of positive entity. <coughs> but when you say that ignorance is a positive entity, are you trying to tell us that ignorance is a real thing? When you say, you said that only thing that is real is Brahman or Satya. And if you say that ignorance is Bhavarupam, a positive entity, the question arises that you said that only thing that is real is Brahman, only thing that is real is Self. Now here you are saying that is ignorance also is, is also positive. Does it mean that ignorance stands apart from Brahman? Meaning Brahman is reality. And when you say that Agnyanam also is Bhavarupam, a positive entity, does it mean that ignorance also has a reality? Like saying there is God and there is Saturn. So Saturn enjoys apparently the same degree of reality as God. Saturn can stand perhaps, I don't know whether in front of God, when God goes away he comes, you know. Or there can be a, perhaps a struggle, a conflict between them. Similarly, are you trying to tell us that the Jnana of ignorance also has a positive existence? Does it mean that it, is, it enjoys a reality which is separate from reality that is Brahman? Therefore the Vedantin said, no, no. We do not, when we say Bhavarupam, we do not mean that it is a positive entity. Kintu Abhavai Lakshanya Abhiprayana. So Bhavarupam means it is not that it is something positive, but all we are trying to say is ignorance is not something that is negative. Ignorance is not merely absence of knowledge. Nor are we trying to say that it is a real entity. You see, this is a lot of problem here. Even to define this, when you say it is ignorance, immediately somebody will say it is absence of knowledge. We say, no, it's not absence of knowledge. Bhavarupam. It is some kind of an existence. Some kind of an existence, does it mean that it enjoys a reality? If it enjoys reality, that means it cannot be negated. He says, no, no. Yatkinchidati varanti. They say that it is something. Something positive. What is something? Something means that which is not nothing. That's all. Something is not that which is positive, but something means that which is not nothing. Ignorance is not nothing, nor it is something real. Because you cannot say the world is nothing, it is non-existent, we cannot say. Nor do we say it is real, and therefore, yat kinchididi vadanti. In short, in spite of using so many words, really it is not possible to define ignorance, and therefore, many other thinkers, they accuse the Vedantins of really not defining anything. This ignorance is a very important concept, cannot really be defined in that sense. The Vedantin says that we do not take pride in defining ignorance because if ignorance could be defined, it would only become a real entity. Avidyayaha avidyatvam idamayotu lakshanam. What is lakshanam or what is the characteristic of ignorance? Yet pramana sahishnutvam anyathavastu sabhavet. In fact, ignorance is comparable to darkness. And is it possible for you to see dark, define darkness? 
Suppose you want to show darkness to someone by throwing a torchlight, what is it possible for you to show darkness by throwing a torchlight? Similarly also, when you try to understand the nature of ignorance, ignorance goes away. Yet pramana asahishnutvam. Pramana means valid means of knowledge. So agnyanam or ignorance is that which in fact does not stand when we apply a proper means of knowledge. And therefore, ignorance is not something that can be said to be such and such, that can be defined as such and such. If it could be defined, vastanyatha vastu sabhavet, that ignorance or vidya itself would become a vastu or become a reality. We are saying that ignorance is not a reality. Nor do we say it is non-existent. Sayam bhantir niralamba sarvanyaya virodhini sahatena vicharam sa tamo yadvad divakaram. Sayam bhantihi niralamba. This bhanti, this delusion is niralamba. It does not have a substance. Sarvanyaya virodhini. In fact, whenever you apply any reasoning, you find that this ignorance disappears. Any problem you take in our life, when you really apply reasoning, then the problem disappears. Any problem, any conclusion also, when you really apply reasoning as to what is the base of the conclusion, you'll find that the conclusion disappears. There is a conclusion that this is right. When you apply the reasoning, what makes you say it is right? Then you'll find that that conclusion disappears. This is wrong, that conclusion also disappears. Anything will really disappear when you scrutinize or subject it to reasoning. As long as we do not subject a given conclusion to reasoning, so long that conclusion remains. And moment a conclusion is subjected to reasoning, it disappears. <coughs> and thus, any problem in the world the whole samsara also disappears moment we subject it to reasoning. Sahate na vicharam sa. This bhanti or ignorance, vicharam na sahate. It does not, in fact, it does not stand inquiry. Tamo yadvad divakaram. Just as darkness cannot stand light, just as darkness or night cannot stand the sun, so also this ignorance or the maya it does not stand what we call inquiry. So when we really subject anything to inquiry, that thing disappears. The problem disappears, the conclusion disappears, and therefore we say that that conclusion has some kind of reality as long as we does not subject it to inquiry. And it disappears when we subject it to inquiry. <coughs> so as long as we do not subject the world also or samsara also to vichara, so long, it seems to be very positive, very tangible, formidable. But when we subject it to vichara or inquiry, it seems to disappear. Therefore, Shankaracharya says, avichara siddha samsara. What goes samsara is something that can be can be can exist only as long as vichara or proper inquiry is not made. Durghatattam avidyayaha bhushanam natudushanam. It is said in another text. That avidyayaha durghatatvam, that is ignorance cannot be defined. Ignorance cannot be said to be such and such, in spite of using so many words. Sadasadhyam anirvachaniyam, indefinable as sat or asat. Trigunatmakam of the nature of the three qualities, sattva rajasthamas. Gnyanivarodi, that which is knowledge as something that is, that which is antagonistic to knowledge, meaning 
knowledge is that which dispel that which is dispelled by knowledge bhavarupam that which is some kind of a thing yet kinchiditi some kind of a thing neither real nor real neither positive nor negative some kind of a thing is this ignorance iti vadanti this is how ignorance they attempt to define this is not really a very uh, very clear definition in the sense that this still leaves questions in our mind but durghatatvam avidyayah that ignorance is durghata meaning ignorance cannot really be understood or ignorance cannot be explained bhushanam natdushanam we say that it is in fact a glory it is not a blemish that ignorance or maya cannot be explained is a glory of of vedanta and not a blemish kasanchit ghatamanatve avidyatvam durghatam bhavet if in some way if you could really explain maya or ignorance then it would no more remain ignorance it would become real you must know that, that when you define something it becomes real only real can be defined and other than real cannot be defined ignorance cannot be defined in that sense maya also cannot be defined in that sense world and nothing in the world can also be defined in that sense or no problem or no conclusion can really be defined as such and such therefore we say that this is how it is that's why this samsara is called mithya the word that is used for all of this is mithya mithya means unreal that which is not really there but that which appears to be real is called mithya tasmat satvena asatvena sudasatvena va so ignorance cannot be said to be to be there or not to be there savayava niravayava ubhayatmakatvena va we cannot say that the ignorance is, is has parts or it is partless bhinna bhinna uharupatvena va this ignorance is maya is it identical to brahman or is it separate from brahman this maya or ignorance is it separate from brahman or reality or it is one with brahman even that you cannot say if it is separate from brahman then it enjoys a reality of its own in which case it becomes real if it is one with brahman then also it becomes as real as brahman in which case you cannot get rid of it so we cannot say that this maya or ignorance is really it is bhinna is it separate from brahman abhinna non separate from brahman you cannot say that for example that snake is it separate from rope or is it one with rope if the snake is separate from the rope then the snake enjoys an independent reality in which case the snake will remain even when the rope is not so you cannot say that the snake is separate from the rope but can you say that the snake is one with the rope <clears throat> if the snake is one with the rope then wherever the rope is the snake will remain but that is also not the case so you cannot say that the snake is separate from the rope nor can you say the snake is one with the rope you cannot say the snake is nor can you say the snake is not <clears throat> so nirvaktum ashakyatvena in no way we are able to actually define that snake as to what it is do we say it is not there we don't say it is not there some kind of an exists some kind of a thing it is in as much as we, we seem to perceive it 
And it seems to create enough fear and various reactions, therefore you say, some kind of a thing it is. And that I see a snake, that itself is a proof. How do you say the snake is? Because I perceive it. And similarly also, if you cannot define this ignorance, how do you say ignorance is? Says, Aham Agnyaha Ityadi Anubhavar. Because people say, I'm ignorant. I don't know myself. That's what people say. I'm ignorant of myself. I don't know who I am. So that I do not know who I am is a matter of my own experience. Just Swami, who says, I know who I am. But can you say that you know who you are? Because every time we ask you who you are, the answer is different. <clears throat> At one point we ask you, who are you? Happy. Another point, who are you? Unhappy. Third time, who are you? Mother, sister, daughter, father, son, boss, assistant, successful, failure. Every time I seem to give a different identification of myself. And therefore, it shows that I do not know who I am because every time I present myself differently or I know myself differently. And therefore, that I do not know myself is a matter of my experience. Therefore, ignorance is something that we know it is there. Like the snake. Even if nobody accepts, you know that it is there. Because you perceive it. And similarly also, ignorance is something that is experienced by us. Therefore, we say that there is something, something called ignorance. What it is? Well, we try to define it as best as we can. But there cannot be a very strict and watertight definition because if it could be defined that way, it will become a reality. <clears throat> Where do you find reference of his ignorance in the scriptures? He quotes here from an Upanishad, Devatma Shaktim Svagunair Nigudham Ityadi Shutescha. Devatma Shaktim, Deva means God or Brahman. Atma Shakti means power. So Atma Shaktim, power of oneself. Devatma Shaktim, this is the power belonging to God or Brahman. Svagunaihi Nigudham, Nigudham means hidden. Svagunaihi with its own qualities. That this is a power belonging to Lord, a power belonging to Brahman, which is hidden in its own qualities, meaning the power belonging to God of the nature of the three qualities. So often, this ignorance or maya is called the power of Brahman. <coughs> it's another problem. The moment you use the word power also, any word you use, there are going to be difficulties. <coughs> That's the reason why we seem to only go from one notion to other very often. I think the thing is clear, it seems that one notion has gone and some niyas has come in its place. I think that is clear, one goes and some niyas comes. Like the snake goes and the garland comes, and the garland goes and some niyas comes. Every word only creates in our mind some kind of concept, or, a, or a, and every concept is going to be limited. And so, suppose ignorance or maya, you say it is shakti or power of Lord, then power cannot be separated from the powerful, shakti cannot be separated from the shaktiman, in which case you cannot separate this maya from God, meaning you can never know God without maya, and that is not right. So, ignorance or maya is called power, in this sense alone, 
that in as much as power or shakti is always dependent upon the shaktiman. The strength is always dependent upon the strong. The intelligence is always dependent upon intelligent. Shakti or the power is also dependent upon the one who wields that power. So it is called Shakti only in order to show it, show that it is a dependent entity, that it does not enjoy an independent reality. So ignorance or Maya is called Shakti. Because Shakti is not independent of the one who possesses that power. And similarly, this Maya or ignorance is not independent of the one who possesses that power, namely Brahman. So, you cannot, you know, it is like saying, the snake is the power of the rope. Can you say that the snake is the power of the rope? Because the rope has some kind of power within itself, that it appears like a snake. See, Maya is, is everywhere. In the rope also there is maya, that the rope appears like a snake. So you can say the rope has some kind of a power by which it can appear like a snake. But when we use this word power, etc., so we say that the snake is like the power of the rope in as much as snake is totally dependent upon the rope. The snake does not enjoy reality of its own. Therefore it is a brahmashraya maya. Maya has its ashraya or locus in brahman. Ignorance says its locus in the self, or ignorance says its locus in Brahma. That's also very interesting. Where is the locus of this ignorance? Is Brahma, or the very self. That means it derives its very reality, or whatever kind of existence is there from self, and it veils or covers the very self. So this is another important thing, that the locus of ignorance also is a consciousness which is a self, and the vishaya or the object of ignorance also is a very consciousness. Meaning, the ignorance is because consciousness is, and there is ignorance of consciousness. Ignorance is because self is, and there is ignorance of the self. So ignorance depends upon the self, and it conceals the very self. <coughs> like the clouds are born because of sun, and they conceal the sun, and so also the ignorance of maya is because of the self, and it conceals the very self. So in Sanskrit we will say that ashraya, or the locus of ignorance, is the self, and vishaya, the object of ignorance, also is the self. <coughs> Ashrayatva vishayatva bhagini. So that ashraya, the locus of ignorance, also is the self, and ignorance also pertains to the self. So ignorance is very funny. Very funny means it is like this, that you uh, destroy the very one from whom you are deriving sustenance. You know, sometimes it happens. What do you call a traitor? Who is a traitor? That this traitor derives his sustenance from this person or from this source and destroys the very source. Similarly, the ignorance derives its very being from self, and it conceals the very self. So it is said, Devatma Shaktim Svagunair Nigudham. It is said to be the Shakti or the power of the Deva. It is the power of the self, as though which conceals the very self.
इत्यादि इन शॉर्ट इन द श्रुति ऑफ उपनिषद ऑल्सो यू फाइंड दिस कॉन्सेप्ट ऑफ इग्नोरेंस और माया बीइंग वेरी वेरी बीइंग सजेस्टेड दैर द इंटरेस्टिंग थिंग इज उपनिषद डू नॉट ऑलवेज यूज दिस वर्ड्स दैट आर प्रेवलेंट इन वेदांत इन वेदांत वी यूज दिस टर्म्स लाइक अज्ञानम इग्नोरेंस एक्सेट्रा यू मे नॉट फाइंड दीज टर्म्स इन उपनिषद्स द सोर्स बुक्स बिकॉज आइडियाज कंटेन उपनिषद आर देन एक्सप्लेन विद द हेल्प ऑफ दिस टर्म्स लाइक द साइंटिस्ट they develop a whole system of ter- the whole system of terminology to explain certain phenomena so upanishads merely reveal the truths reveal the nature of things and there we see all these various ideas contained there and therefore this whole terminology is developed in order to explain the ideas or the concepts which are found in upanishads <coughs> so if you refer to upanishads You may not find a word called adhyaropa. You may not find a word called apavada. You may not find a word adhyasa. You may not find a word different kind of words that we use, which have been developed later on. Those words may not be found in Upanishads, but the very concepts are found in the Upanishads. Those concepts are found there without the words. So similarly, of course, the Gnana word is found very often. Even Gita says, "Gnana na avrtam gnana." तेन मुख्यंति जन्तव है लॉर्ड कृष्णा से दिन भगवदगीता दैट वंस नॉलेज और द विवेक ज्ञानम इज वेल बिकॉज ऑफ इग्नोरेंस एंड बिकॉज ऑफ दैट अलोन पीपल आर डेल्यूडेड नाहम प्रकाश सर्वस्य योग माया समावृत है लॉर्ड कृष्णा से दिन भगवदगीता दैट आई एम नॉट एविडेंट टू एवरीबडी बिकॉज योग माया समावृत है आई एम वेरी वेल वेल्ड और कवर्ड बाय माई माया I am very well concealed by my Maya, and therefore I am not evident to the people. Lord Krishna says that all I, all that there is, I alone. I am alone there; nothing else other than me is there. But the true nature of myself is as though veiled by my own Maya, and therefore people do not recognize me. So we should accept something called ignorance, because the truth is evident, the self is evident, and still we do not recognize it. You accept a phenomenon called dhyasa or superimposition because even though the self is self-effulgent, we take it to be opposite of what it is. We superimpose these concepts of limitation upon the self, and therefore we have to accept a phenomenon called dhyasa or superimposition because it is a matter of our experience. As the Upanishad says, "Sarvam khaluidam Brahma," all that is is Brahman alone, but it doesn't appear to be Brahman to us. All there is is only Brahman, truth, reality, or God, but we don't see it that way. That shows that there is ignorance. It is said that the self is limitless. I don't see it as limitless. That shows that there is ignorance of myself. Not only I don't know it as limitless, but I take it to be limited. That shows that I superimpose the sense of limitation upon the self. That shows that a phenomenon called superimposition or adhyaroga also is there. So from our very experiences, these concepts of agnyanam. Adhyaropa, all of these adhyasa, all of these are derived because this is what we experience. The scriptures also reveal these ideas, and Bhagavad Gita says it very clearly. And thus, in this, uh, and of course, Upanishad says, "Atma varad drastavya." 
the Atma or the Self must be known. When the Upanishads say the Self must be known, when would it say? Only when the Self is unknown? When would there be instruction? The Self must be seen, the Self must be known. When would it be necessary to say? Only when the Self is unknown. So from such statements the Upanishads also, we conclude there that yes, there is something called the ignorance of the Self. And that ignorance can be dispelled. It can be dispelled by knowledge. And therefore, the Self can be seen as clearly as I see anything else. The Self can be seen very clearly as it is Atmavari Drashtavya. The Self must be seen. How do you see? Srotavya, Mantavya, Nidhyasitavya. That you must perform an inquiry or vichara upon the Self with the help of Sharvanam, Mananam, Nidhyasaram. Thus, from all of these also, we say that in the scriptures also, Shruti Upanishads, Shruti Bhagavad Gita, all of these also indicate the idea or the concept of ignorance as well as Adhyarupa or superimposition. And therefore, in this text, it has been defined in this manner. Adhyanam tu sadasadhyam anivasaniyam trikvanatmakam bhavarupam jnana virodhi bhavarupam yakkim chiridvadanti ahamagnetyari anuhavar. Now having described this ignorance, I should not say having defined the ignorance, but having described the ignorance, that's all. Thus, having brought to our attention that there is something called ignorance, and that the whole samsara is a product of ignorance, that what we call samsara or the sadness or suffering can only go when the cause, namely ignorance, goes, and that ignorance is such that it is, it can be dispelled by knowledge, and therefore, by knowledge, ignorance can go. What is knowledge? The inquiry performed with the help of Upanishad. And therefore, now, having established this fact that there is ignorance, called superimposition, now the author proceeds to, to talk about this ignorance in a more elaborate way. <coughs> Going to page 25 in the passage 35, the individual and collective aspects of ignorance. Now we are told about this ignorance, two aspects of ignorance. The individual aspect and the collective aspect. There is what we call jiva, the individual, and there is Ishvara, the total. Ignorance is associated with both. Understand that the reality is one alone, Brahman. That Brahman alone is Jiva or the limited individual, the ego, the samsari. Same Brahman is Ishvara, the creator, sustainer, dissolver, omniscient, omnipotent. Same Brahman is Jagat or this creation which is inert. One Brahman alone appears in these three ways, Jiva the individual, Jagat the creation and Ishvara the creator, the omniscient, one Brahman alone. So what is the relay, what is Jiva and what is Ishvara? We say Jiva is the individual because there are many individuals we see and there is a sense of individuality. So there is something that creates a sense of individuality and that is ignorance. Therefore the ignorance that creates a sense of individuality and is associated with the individual is, is called the individual aspect of ignorance. 
and there is also what we call God. Now God, the Creator, also is a superimposition as much as what is is nothing but Brahman, which is devoid of any all the attributes, and that Brahman alone comes to be called Creator, Sustainer, Dissolver, Omniscient, Omnipotent. So therefore, these aspects or attributes of omnipotence, omniscience, creatorship, etc., when they are superimposed upon Brahman, then Brahman comes to be called Ishvara. When all limitations are superimposed upon Brahman, then Brahman comes to be called Jiva. And when this inertness is superimposed upon Brahman, then Brahman comes to be called Jagat or the creation, the world. So how come one Brahman is, now Brahman, Brahman appears or manifests as Jiva as well as Ishvara. <clears throat> this Jiva, the individual is under the spell of ignorance. Jiva is suffering because he is ignorant and he is under the spell of ignorance. On the other hand, Ishvara, the Lord, is not under the spell of ignorance, but then he wields ignorance. See, this ignorance in the individual aspect and collective aspect has very different influences or very different effects. At the individual aspect, this ignorance is something that limits me, binds me, controls me. At the collective or total aspect, that very ignorance becomes a glory. So this very ignorance at the collective aspect in this text is called Maya. The collective aspect of ignorance here is called Maya. And Brahman associated with Maya is called Ishvara, the Lord, the Creator. So what is the relationship that the Creator or the Lord has with Maya? That Creator wills Maya. Maya is under the control of the Creator, under the control of Ishvara. And the same maya at the individual level controls the individual. See, it is like the magic. He is a magician. The relationship that the magician has with magic, magical power, is different from the relationship that the audience has with the magical power. There is this power of magic. The magician wields the power of magic. And the audience, on the other hand, is under the spell of that power. <clears throat> so, very one power alone, whereas it becomes a glory for one who wields it, who knows it, becomes in fact a burden or a problem for the one who does not know it. So, how the one power, the magic, is wielded by the magician becomes his glory and is in fact, it controls the spectators, controls the audience, because they are under the spell of that magic. So, magician creates a spell. The audience, I imagine, you know, so audience is under the spell of magic. Whereas, the magician ever remains free from the spell. He ever knows, I assume, you know, he knows what all he is doing. So, Ishwara is, is comparable to magician. This very ajnana, very ignorance, becomes his power, with which he creates, and he knows everything about it. Whereas what we call jiva, the individuals, are in the place of that audience, which is under the spell of magic. 
So jivas are under the spell of maya, under the spell of agnyanam. And therefore, they feel, experience a sense of limitation. Samsara, suffering. The very same ignorance which causes suffering here, the very same ignorance becomes a glory for the Lord. <coughs> so, understand the two aspects of ignorance. Aspect as associated with the individual, where the ignorance is binding, in the aspect that is associated, that the collective aspect associated with the total, where that aspect very becomes a power, becomes a glory. So Maya is the glory of the Lord. He wields the Maya and creates this. The very same Maya is a bondage or a burden to an individual because he doesn't know what it is. This knowledge and ignorance creates all the difference. With knowledge, the very same thing becomes a glory. With ignorance, the very same thing becomes a burden. Take a motorbike, a heavy motorbike. Like in India, you know, this young man has a motorbike, a twenty-year-old. He brings his motorbike home and tells his servant, go and fill up the gasoline from that gas station, which is one for long away. The poor servant doesn't know how to, how to ride the motorbike or how to handle the motorbike. And therefore, he pulls the motorbike in a clumsy manner, and motorbike being what it is, every time the fellow loses his balance, any time falls on him or he falls. So it takes him a half hour to reach that gas station, another half hour to come back from there. And in that, you know, that all he has done is to fill up the gas. And he is totally beaten, you know, in that process. And this gas is filled up. Now that boy comes out. He kicks, you know, one kicks the paddle, rides the motorbike and drives away. So for the one who knows how to ride the motorbike, the motorbike becomes what? A glory, a power, something that you enjoy. And the very same motorbike, for the one who does not know, becomes a tremendous burden. This is how one thing, the interesting thing, how can one thing be simultaneously binding, elevating, releasing? <coughs> it is ignorance which creates a bondage. A given thing becomes the source of bondage because of ignorance. The very same thing when it is, when you know it, it becomes really a, a pleasure or a joy or The collective aspect is called Maya and now the author is going to describe these two aspects and the effects of these two aspects in the subsequent passages. We will we'll see it tomorrow. Om Puranamadaf Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutao Vande Bhagavantao Punaf Punaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Nama 